uh, before we get into the Word, I want to let you know uh, this uh, Sunday, our service schedule, uh, we will have two services. Our 11 o'clock service is going to be for all of our people who are 65 or older. We'll be in the first service. Any of those who have immune compromised conditions, any illnesses or things like that, that would cause them to be uh, have that uh, going on in their body. We'll, they will be able to be here at that 11 o'clock service. For any of the Sunday schools that are in session, the parents and kids of those classes will be here also. So uh, what we will do is from 11 to 11.45 have that first service. We will dismiss that service, and then at 12.30, the second service will start because in between services, we will have people that will be uh, wiping down the, the chairs in the bathrooms and disinfecting for the next group to come in. And so uh, we're just trying to do what we can uh, to make sure our congregation gets to gather together and worship but can stay as safe as we can stay. You are... Uh, it is okay if you, you want to wear a mask to service. If you feel more comfortable with that, then by all means, you may do that. Uh, that's not a requirement from us, but if you would like to do that, nobody's going to judge you and, and um, think you're being any way. If that's the way you feel more comfortable, then uh, God bless you. Then do that. That'll be fine. Do what you feel like you need to do. We want you to come and be comfortable in the house of the Lord. And so we're, we're going to keep trying to worship together as often as we can, but we're going to try to stay safe as well because because this thing is real. It's out there. I don't know that it, probably at some point we may all end up having it. You never know, but uh, we're going to avoid it as much as we can. We're not just going to start, uh, you know, just ignoring it, but we, we do want to make sure that we're, we're taking precautions. So uh, we'll make more announcements again about that. Saturday from 12 to 3 will be the drive-through backpack uh, giveaway. Uh, people will be driving through and they will be handing the backpacks off to the cars, very minimal contact so that we can get those handed out, but also keep people safe as well. So we'll still have things going on. We just have to figure out how to do it and, and do it where we're not hindered, uh, where we can still just worship the Lord and believe him. Amen. God's going to take care of us. God, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be all right in Jesus' name. Jesus. I believe that. Praise God. Listen, uh, I'm thankful for what God's doing in this hour. What a great God we serve. What a great God we serve. And tonight, uh, I'm not the, the, the speaker tonight, uh, but one of our young people that uh, is uh, very prayerful, very studious, and just loves the Word, going to be preaching to us tonight. Uh, Sister Jessica is going to come preach to us tonight. We're excited to hear what she's got. She is waiting to hear from the board, and she has already submitted her application and, and completed all the, the course requirements to get her license. So she'll be a licensed minister with UPCI. That's exciting. We're proud of her for making that accomplishment. So you bless us tonight. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Isn't Jesus just so wonderful? If we could, I just want us just to, to give him one more hand clap of praise before we get into Thank you, Jesus. Thank hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. 
I'm thankful to be in the house of God, and I'm thankful to be in the presence of God tonight. Um, I'm thankful for my pastor and his family. Uh, If you guys don't know it, they have worked so hard to keep everybody safe and sane and saved in this pandemic. So I just, I want you guys to know that I love y'all and I honor y'all and I'm thankful for this opportunity. Uh, My scripture tonight is Matthew 26, starting in verse 38. Uh, Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane with three disciples, Peter, James, and John. I'm going to be starting in verse 38. Jesus tells, his, tells the three disciples, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto his disciples and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he cometh to his disciples and said unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Jesus spoke directly to Peter. He never spoke to James, and he never spoke to John. Even though they were also in the garden, they were also asked to pray, and they too were asleep. So what is the significance of him speaking only to Peter? I want to go to Matthew 16 verse 13 through 19, so we can see just who Peter is. Jesus is asking his disciples, who is everyone saying that I am? Verse 15, he saith unto them, but who say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven." Before I go any further, I want us to pray for the word tonight. Jesus, I love you. I thank you for what you're doing and for what you desire to do in each and every life tonight. God, I take authority over any human or demonic spirit that would try to stifle the move of your spirit in this house tonight. God, I speak freedom. I speak liberty to receive in the name of Jesus. God, let your power be loosed and manifested like never before in the name of Jesus. God, I love you and I thank you for what you're doing. Let's just clap our hands to the Lord one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So Peter was the rock. Peter had the revelation of Christ. Peter had the keys to the kingdom. Peter would soon stand up on the day of Pentecost preaching the new birth experience. Peter 
was the rock that the church was built upon. Jesus expected more of Peter because of Peter's revelation. And because of Peter's revelation, Jesus expected more out of their relationship. Who does that sound like? That's us. That's us. We have the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. We have the authority and dominion to the infilling of the Holy Ghost. We have experienced and preach and teach the new birth gospel. When Jesus spoke to Peter, he was speaking to the church. He was speaking to us. He was speaking to me. Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus comes back two more times and finds them sleeping. The third time, Jesus tells them to sleep on, take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Three times, Jesus admonishes Peter, the church, to pray. Three times, Peter continues to sleep. And 23 verses later, Peter, the rock, the church, denies Jesus three times publicly. Peter's prayerlessness was a private denial of the Lord. And Peter denying Jesus privately was why he could so confidently deny Jesus publicly. Had Peter answered the call to pray when Jesus admonished him to, he would not have fallen into the temptation of denying Jesus publicly. Which is why I believe Jesus said in verse 41, Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Jesus foreshadowed this event in Luke's account of the gospel in chapter 22 when Jesus told Peter that Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Peter, that your faith fails not. Peter's faith failed during the sifting because he did not answer the call to pray. Romans 8, 26 and 7 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Church, we must get in the Spirit. If we don't get in the Spirit, our infirmities are not helped. Intercession is not made for us. Our hearts are not searched, and we don't know the mind of the Spirit. We must pray, and we must wake up before we fall into temptation. Because every act of sin is first preceded by a denial of prayer. If we were consecrated to daily communion with God, we wouldn't fall into the sin of pornography. We wouldn't entangle ourselves with gossip and worldly entertainment. We, we wouldn't be devoured and distraught when the world is in turmoil. If we first give ourselves to prayer, we will never give ourselves to the world. If we first give ourselves to prayer, we will not give ourselves over to sin. Again, I reiterate, Peter's prayerlessness was a private denial of the Lord. Peter denying Jesus privately was why he could so confidently deny Jesus publicly. Our prayerlessness is our private denial of the Lord. Our private denial is why we can confidently sin when we deny the Lord in the Spirit by denying prayer. And then we deny Him in the natural realm by sinning and falling into temptation. Proverbs 24, 30 through 34. This is a New Living Translation. I walked by the field of a lazy person. 
the vineyard of one with no common sense. I saw that it was overgrown with nettles, it was covered with weeds, and its walls were broken down. Then as I looked and thought about it, I learned this lesson. A little extra sleep and a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, then the poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. By definition, religious and spiritual poverty is the renouncing of the right to own property. When we are asleep in the spirit, we abandon the right to own property. How do you own property in the spirit? By taking dominion and authority, by binding and loosing like Matthew 16 and 19 talks about. It's time for us to wake up. Church, it's time for us to take back the property that we've given away. It's time to take authority and dominion once again. I don't want someone looking at my spirit and looking at my life and seeing nettles and overgrown weeds and broken down walls all because I was asleep. I want to be sober. I want to be diligent. I want to be awake to what God is doing. I want to watch and pray with Jesus. Do you know what happened when Peter, the church, did watch and pray? Peter preached messages that literally changed the world. Lame men were lifted up off of their beds and immediately began to leap and rejoice in the Lord. Men marveled at Peter's anointings. Anointing. He was able to discern that Ananias and Sapphira were lying to the Holy Ghost. He called them out on that sin. Gentiles received the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is what happens when the church prays. In these last days, we are crazy if we think that we can survive without a prayer life. We will not endure to the end without consistent communion with God. If or when things get really real in America for us and they're beheading Christians in the streets when the mark of the beast is present, to think that we will withstand all of that, to think that we won't deny the Lord through all of that, when we don't even commune with him now. With all due respect, and I say this with love, that's a joke. Because Daniel only withstood the lion's den because he already had an established meeting place with God. When that decree went out that no one could pray to anybody but King Darius, I guarantee you nobody picked up a prayer life that day. But Daniel prayed three times a day as he did a four time. And if you're waiting for things to get worse, let me ask you this. What more do you need? Because there's pestilences in our land. People are betraying one another left and right. Ethnicity is rising up against ethnicity. The love of many is waxing cold. Iniquity is abounding and much more. Every sign that Jesus said there would be is being fulfilled now. And you'll wait so long to pray that you'll end up hearing Jesus say, Sleep on. Take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. It's too late. Just sleep on. Just sleep on. But church, the the wait is over, and the time to pray is now. Because without prayer, Daniel would have never ended up in the lion's den. But it was Daniel's prayer life that led to King Darius decreeing that in every dominion of his kingdom that men should tremble And fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. That's what Darius said. 
Without prayer, Paul and Silas would have never landed in prison. They were in prison because they prayed for a woman who was possessed by a spirit of divination. She was delivered. Her masters were so angered over their financial loss, they made a living off of her that they had Paul and Silas beat and thrown into prison. So without prayer, Paul and Silas would have never been imprisoned. But without prayer, the jailer and his entire family wouldn't have been saved. Without prayer, would Cornelius still receive the instruction that led to his salvation? Without prayer, would Hannah still conceive the prophet Samuel? Without prayer, would Elijah still defeat the prophets of Baal? Without prayer, would Bartimaeus live the rest of his life blind? These are just a few instances in Scripture. The power and importance of prayer cannot be overstated. What God needs his people to be more than anything else in this hour is people of prayer. Because there was no attorney of law for Paul and Silas. Cornelius could not Google the way to the answers that he needed. There was no LASIK surgery for Bartimaeus. There was no fertility clinic for Hannah. And there was no plan B for Elijah. All they had was prayer. All they had was prayer. I'm not knocking our modern solutions. In fact, I'm thankful for the progress that God has made and the things that he has provided. But God forbid that we forget our true source of help. Because when I have nothing, I have prayer. And when I have nothing, I still have God's presence. Prayer is the lifeline to the Spirit. It aligns our minds with His. It's how we intercept the attacks of the enemy. It's a powerful weapon in warfare. It's a catalyst for God to intervene. It's where we hear His voice clearly. It's where we get closest to His heart. Prayer will keep you from falling into temptation. Prayer is your way of escape. Prayer is where the miraculous begins. There have been times when the Lord may have winked at our prayerlessness, but we are in a day, there is not a day coming, we are in a day where without prayer we will be devoured. In our day and age, prayerlessness is denying the Lord. One of the first things that the enemy will try to convince you to let go of in the midst of a storm or a swirling chaos is your prayer life. And it'll sound something like this. You've had a hard day. Just relax. Just turn on a movie. Just unwind. Just forget everything. You can pray later. You can read later. You've already had a mentally taxing day. And I'm not saying that we can't relax. We should. But beware of the outlets you use. Because if you can watch TV for five hours, but you can't pray for 50 minutes, there's a disconnect in the spirit. If we can scroll social media for eight hours a day, but we cannot talk to God for 80 minutes without falling asleep, there's a disconnect in the spirit. If you can gossip with your bestie for, t- for two hours, but you can't talk to God for 20 minutes, there's a disconnect in the spirit. Something is wrong. Could it be possible that you're asleep? If you can't stay awake when you try to read your Bible or when you try to pray, could it be possible that you're already asleep in the spirit and so your flesh is just following suit? You can ask anybody in our prodigal jar, anybody, if they had a consistent prayer life when they walked away, and the answer will be no. Do you know how close you are 
to disconnecting yourself from the body when you're not connecting yourself to the head that is Christ through prayer. Your communion is vital to your survival. Jesus knows this, and this is why he was so heartbroken when he found Peter sleeping. Because Peter knew who Jesus was. Peter was the rock. Peter had revelation. Peter had the keys to the kingdom. Peter had to have fallen asleep to the sound of Jesus praying in the garden. In Luke's account of the garden, it says that Jesus was a stone's cast away from Peter. Jesus was in agony. He was interceding. His sweat was as great drops of blood. There was no way that Jesus was praying quietly. If you've ever interceded, you know that the Lord takes over and uses your spirit. And oftentimes, you're not quiet. You're loud in intercession. Yet Peter fell asleep to the sound of Jesus' intercession. Peter, the church, was in the presence of the only living God, and he fell asleep. We can come in or tune in week after week after week and still fall asleep. You can stand with me. Monday night as I was praying, the Lord gave me a vision. I was waiting in line for the judgment throne, and there was a couple that was in front of me. And before you ask, I didn't see their face, so I don't know who it was. Um, But there was a couple in front of me, and the Lord said, Depart from me. I never knew you. And the husband began to speak, and he said, Lord, I baptize people in your name. I seen people filled with the Holy Ghost in services that I preached. How do you not know me? I said, I don't know you. And this is what got me. The wife looked at Jesus and she said, Lord, I've kept my hair uncut for you my entire life. I've dressed modestly for you according to your word. I've lived close to your word. He said, I don't know you. Depart from me. And I asked the Lord, I said, how? With all these things, Lord, how did they miss it? And he told me that just because there's consecration does not mean there's connection to him. Just because we consecrate ourselves to God, in the beginning there may have been connection with that consecration. But as time goes on, we can keep the consecration and lose the connection. When we're not connected to Christ through prayer, we are cheating ourselves out of dominion. We are setting ourselves up to fall into temptation. And when we neglect the call to pray, we are denying the Lord. We, this apostolic church, we have the revelation of Christ. We preach the new birth. We have the keys to the kingdom. We have authority and dominion. If we don't pray... Who will? We are the church. We are Peter. The time to pray is now. The time to wake up is now. The cry of the Spirit for the church is to answer the call to pray. I can hear the Lord. The entire time I was writing this and the Lord was giving me this, I could hear the Lord saying, Restoration. What? 
Could you not watch with me for one hour? Could you not watch with me for one hour? I need you to watch with me. Your communion depends on it. Your survival depends on it. All that would tonight, I want us to come to the altar. If you want to make your altar right where you're sitting, you can do that as well. But I want us to allow the Lord to renew that fire and zeal for connection with Him. Let the Lord awaken you tonight. Let the Lord reconnect you. Either make an altar where you're at or find a place at this altar.
feel led of the Lord to do something, and when I say what I'm about to say, please don't think I'm making something more of myself than I am. I've never felt like I needed to do this before, but I know that God has gifted me in prayer, and I know that God has made, almost given me easy access to things in prayer, and has recently opened my eyes to things in the spirit realm, Um, and I want to impart that to y'all tonight. So all that would, if you could just lift your hands right where you're at and just receive what God desires to do. Jesus, right now, by the authority of the Word of God, by the power that is in the name of Jesus. Lord, you've given me revelation. You've opened my eyes to things in the Spirit. You've given me easy access, Lord. Such as I have, I give unto them right now in the name of Jesus. our mind on the Lord.
another minute or two. The angel of the Lord is in this place right now. receive your word tonight we receive the instruction and we receive the correction thankful for your word thank you for being mindful for your church Lord giving us what we need tonight thank you Jesus that was a word from the Lord tonight we live in a time that's different than it, than it has been in, you know, in times past. And the time for living off Sunday service and conferences is, man, that's just past stuff. I feel like, you know, that uh, 
that happens a lot is that it, and it had been happening a lot that uh, we became conference junkies and you know, it was how wild and explosive Sunday was. But, you know, we don't know tomorrow that there'll be another outbreak of something and they'll shut the doors again. You, don't, you can't count on Sunday service. You can't count on conferences being held because you, you just don't know. And if there's ever been a time for every individual believer to say okay Lord I need to get busy doing what I signed up for there was a while she was finishing up I I was thinking of the people that came to Jesus and said they were saying you know John's disciples man they're fasting all the time and said your disciples not, not doing nothing how come they're not fasting and he said well it's basically he said, it's the time that they're in. He said, are they going to fast while they have the bridegroom with them? No, they're going to they're live vicariously through me. They're going to watch me be excited about what I'm doing. I'm going to show them things. They're going to participate a little bit. But right now, they're, they're just caught up with me. But there'll be a time when the bridegroom will be taken and then it won't be me walking on the water. It won't be me saying, peace be still. It'll be them. And they had to be ready for a time. I, want, I think that some of them, as they watched him take off up into the clouds, that's why those angels said, why are you, what are you still doing here looking up? It's time to go and, and do what he said. It's time to go tarry and be endued with power from on high. It's time for you to get yours so you can start doing and fulfilling what he told you to do. And what I feel like while I was saying all that is to say this is that now is the time for us to start doing the things. This is the time of dreams and visions. It comes to pass in that last day when he pours out his spirit on all flesh. He said there's going to be dreams dreamed and visions. And this is going to be the time for anointed preached word of God that's not going to just be like wow that's exciting but it's going to actually touch you smite your heart change your life get you back on track give you a word of instruction I mean it, it, this is the time for the church to be the church and and my wife and I were talking about this the other day that you know we may come into service with a plan of what we're going to do but I feel like services are going to change and that as we come together in one mind and one accord that that they might be a little singing or something, then the Spirit of the Lord is going to break out and God's going to be speaking to His people. And we're going to be doing more work outside these four walls than we ever did inside these four walls. And But we're going to come here and be encouraged, be strengthened, be fed, and then go out and, and work in that field. And, you know, we may, you know, we may come in here and the Spirit of the Lord move. Five or six people get healed. Cancer's cast cast out of people, you know, blinded eyes open. I don't know what all might happen, signs, wonders, and miracles, the, the glory of God settling here like a fog where we can't even minister in this place, and the angel of the Lord speak and give us a word from heaven, and then we go out and change the world. But church is as normal as, I mean, it's departed, you know, and uh, 
but it hasn't changed the power or the effectiveness that God gave his people and we're going to and so when we have those kind of services praise God but if but if we never see another NAYC if we never have another district camp meeting that's not going to stop the church and so we've got to learn now that hey it, it, yeah it's time for me to to uh, realize that the bridegroom's not here, but he's in here, and it's time for us to start doing. Uh, we pray his kingdom come, his will be done all the time with the, the kingdom of God's inside of us. And so we need to be letting the kingdom of God work through us every day. Man, just a great, great word. Uh, consecration without connection. That's a bad way to live life. That's a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. I want to make sure that in my consecration, I stay connected to God. Fantastic word tonight. Let's give the Lord a hand for his word. Thankful for Sister Jessica being a vessel tonight to speak to to the church. going to uh, let, let it be dismissed if you, would, if you need to go tonight, but if you'd like to stay a few moments and pray, that'll be fine. And, um, like I say, 11 o'clock service, we'll make the announcements again, but 11 o'clock service on Sunday for our, uh, those who have medical issues, our elderly people, and parents with children, and uh, the 12.30 service will be for everyone else, and we'll still be practicing our social distancing seating. And, uh, but we're going to come together and worship and hear from the Lord again. Amen. God bless you tonight. We love you. If you need to go, you can be dismissed. But if you want to, you may stay and pray tonight in Jesus' name.